June 23, 2016. I finished a book on tape called The Happiness Advantage. I was so enthralled with it that I bought a dozen copies for our staff and need to buy more as it turned out not to be enough for all who were interested in it. Part of the exercise is to write down three things that I'm grateful for each day. I do it mentally, but because I'm so busy. I do it mentally because I'm so busy, but I'm going to try and make a habit of daily posts here for things that I am grateful for. I am grateful to Nest.com for creating internet-based camera feeds. We have used them for a couple of years, back when they were called dropcam.com, for keeping an eye on our cats in the recovery hospital, etc. Last night, I put one on The Great Pretender, a 24-year-old bobcat who had to have eight rotten molars removed. I was able to go home, eat dinner, and watch him on my iPhone 6 Plus, which has a huge screen. Pulling up the camera on my computer will be the very next thing I do. The company is donating a bunch of cameras. They think we are interesting and want to use it as an example of ways to use their products. I am grateful for mapping technology. I'm trying to install a 3,000 square foot, 48 by 72 modular building adjacent to our current gift shop to expand the shopping space. I will be able to save tens of thousands of dollars thanks to Google Maps, Kinko printers, and my ability to draw and measure a straight line. Before, I'd have to hire a surveyor to meet the county's demands. I am grateful for being surrounded by the best and the brightest. I've said this before, in my head and on Facebook posts, but it's such an overarching part of what makes me happy. Of our 14 staff, 80 volunteers, and 26 interns, only two of them give me any real pause, and yesterday both of them brought something good into my life by sharing their experiences about health and the benefits of a healthy vegan diet. One is a new vegan and the healthiest she's ever been, and the other is about the most unhealthy meat eater who thinks she's dying. Here is the good news, I guess, from today. We petitioned USDA in 2012 to stop cub petting schemes. They got about 15,000 letters in support of our position, but seemed to think that AZA zoos didn't have enough time to object, so they opened up the comment period back again in 2013. Now, four years later, they still haven't taken action, but rather seem to want to get more of the bad guys in to object, so they are opening up the comment period again through August of this year. We will continue to rally animal lovers to let USDA know that cub handling is cruel, dangerous, and downright evil. This document is scheduled to be published in the Federal Register on June 24, 2016, and is available online, and I give the link, and on fdsys.gov, billing code 3410-34-P, Department of Agriculture, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, 9 CFR Part 2 and 3, docket number APHIS 2012-017. Petition to amend Animal Welfare Act regulations to prohibit public contact with big cats, bears, and non-human primates. Agency, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, USDA. Action, Notice, Reopening of Comment Period. Summary, we are reopening the comment period for a petition requesting amendments to the Animal Welfare Act regulations and standards pertaining to the physical contact with dangerous animals. We are especially interested in receiving public comments on the additional questions included in this notice. We are providing information on upcoming virtual stakeholder listening sessions and other efforts intended to gather additional public comment. 
This action will allow interested persons additional time to prepare and submit comments and inform our thinking on the handling of dangerous animals. Dates. The comment period for the notice published on August 5th, 2013, that was at 78 FR 47215 and reopened on October 24th, 2013, 78 FR 63408 is reopened. We will consider all comments that we receive on or before August 31st of 2016. The virtual listening sessions described in this notice will be held on Wednesday, June 29th, 2016, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Wednesday, July 6, 2016, from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Thursday, August 4th, 2016, from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Registration is required to participate in the listening sessions. Links for registering to participate in the virtual listening sessions are included in the website in the footnote below. You may submit comments by either of the following methods, and it gives a URL for the federal e-rule making portal, or postal, you could mail it, and it gives a mailing address. Supporting documents and any comments we receive on this docket may be reviewed at, and it gives a long URL, or in our reading room, which is located in room 1141 of the USDA South Building, 14th Street and Independence Avenue, Southwest Washington, D.C. Normal reading room hours are 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, except holidays. To be sure someone is there to help you, please call 202-799-7039 before coming. For further information, contact Dr. Barbara Cohn, Senior Staff Veterinarian, Animal Care, that gives her contact information, supplementary information. On August 5th, 2013, we published in the Federal Register 78 FR 47215 47217, docket number APHIS 2012-0107, a notice making available for comment, a petition, petition that we submitted with a whole group of other people, requesting amendments to the Animal Welfare Act regulations and standards, including amendments to prohibit licensees from allowing individuals, with certain exceptions, from coming into direct or physical contact with big cats, bears, or non-human primates of any age, to define the term sufficient distance, and to prohibit the public handling of young or immature big cats, bears, and non-human primates. Comments were required to be received on or before October 4, 2013. In a subsequent notice published October 24, 2013, FR 78 FR 63408, we reopened the comment period for an additional 45 days to November 18, 2013. We received 15,379 comments. We are again reopening the comment period and will accept all comments we receive on or before August 31, 2016. We are especially interested in receiving public comments on the questions presented below. Responses to these questions will help further inform our thinking on the handling of dangerous animals. 1. What factors and characteristics should determine if a type of animal is suitable for public contact? When the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, APHIS, describes an animal as dangerous, There are certain characteristics we use to classify the animals, such as the size, strength, and instinctual behavior of an animal, risk of disease transmission between animals and humans, i.e. zoonosis, such as herpes B, and the ability to safely and humanely handle or control the animal in all situations. Two, 
What animals should APHIS consider including under the definitions of dangerous animals? For example, are all non-human primates dangerous? We currently identify some animals as dangerous, including, but not limited to, non-domestic felids, such as lions, tigers, jaguars, mountain lions, cheetahs, and any hybrids thereof, wolves, bears, certain non-human primates, such as gorillas, chimps, and macaques, elephants, hippopotamuses, rhinoceroses, moose, bison, camels, and common animals known to carry rabies. What animals may pose a public health risk and why? What risk does public contact with dangerous animals present to the individual animal and the species and why? What are the best methods of permanent usable animal identification for dangerous animals? What are the most humane training techniques to use with dangerous animals? What scientific information, peer-reviewed journals preferred, is available that identifies the appropriate weaning ages for non-domestic felids, bears, elephants, wolves, non-human primates, and other dangerous animals? What industry, organizational, or governmental standards have been published for the handling and care of dangerous animals? 8. What constitutes sufficient barriers? For enclosures around dangerous animals to keep members of the public away from the animals, what methods, structures, distance, attendance, etc. are needed to prevent entry of the public into an enclosure and to keep the animals safe while still allowing for meaningful viewing? In addition to inviting the public to comment on these questions, we are making available for the public a website containing background information on the topics explained in this notice. We also plan to convene three virtual listening sessions during the summer, allowing stakeholders to participate regardless of their location before the close of the public comment period. The days of each virtual listening session are June 29th, 1 to 3 Eastern Time, July 6, 2016, 1 to 3 Eastern Time, and August 4th, 2016, 1 to 3 Eastern Time. Persons wishing to participate in the virtual listening sessions are required to register prior to the session. Links for registering to participate in each listening session are included in the website in footnote 2. Upon registration, participants will be provided with a call-in number and access code. The virtual listening sessions will provide the public with opportunities to share their views on the handling of dangerous animals and provide us with additional material to inform our thinking on this topic. Authority 7 U.S.C. 2131-2139, 7 CFR 2.22, comma 2.80 and 371.7 done in washington dc this 21st day of june 2016 william h clay acting administrator animal and plant health inspection service so it was five years ago they did a little bit of like here's some guidance here's some things we might call teachable moments yeah for these people they definitely don't want to be taught and nothing, nothing in the way of rulemaking to stop this kind of abuse. If you enjoyed these video blogs of my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you.